have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? Can't be any worse out there. Can it? Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. Maybe they're jealous of you. I'm... just a girl. Not a threat. Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO and Sky Atlantic television show. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How is it going? I'm doing very, very well, thanks. Excellent. Uh, this is for Season 1, Episode 9, Look for the Light. Would you believe it, we're at the season finale. I still remember all that time ago when they announced the show and uh, we all got very excited. Uh, well, not all of us, some people thought... Oh, you got to do it this way or that way or whatever. Turns out it worked out pretty good. I think we can say it worked out uh, yeah, pretty well. <laughs> yes, so uh, we didn't get that Sam Raimi film, and we ended up with this, which is good. Uh, season 1, Episode 9, we're here. Season finale already. Uh, David, what do you think of it? I really, really enjoyed the way this ended. I like the fact that we actually got through basically the entire end episode without any sort of big set piece of like hundreds of you know infected running towards the ca- I like the fact that it they've been so sparing with that throughout the whole thing and they didn't feel the need to do that in the final episode of you know and in actual fact the one place where you could have put a bit action sequence in they kind of skip over it as well you know so um I, yeah, I thought it was really interesting how much they, they stuck to their guns of this being very much this sort of human story of Joel and Ellie and um, thought it was the perfect way to end it. Uh, it's, I mean, it, there is the sort of controversial thing of, of is Joel actually right to do what he did or not? But um, yeah, I, it, I, I know it plays out, I almost think, very similarly if not exactly the same with the video game so um yeah it's i i really like where they went with the end of this and um i thought this this last episode just pulled everything together really really well and um yeah roll on season two so (laughs) yeah definitely um i did have one sticking point for the episode but as i thought about it over a couple of days um because I thought about why they didn't do something in this episode. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But I, from basically from top to bottom of this episode, I thought it played out near perfectly. Um, I thought they hit all but one of the moments <clears throat> that they needed to. Um, yeah, again, the acting from both Pedro and and Bella was just top class. Um, there's started to be, you know, discussions online about Emmys and things. I think the show should definitely get some awards of some kind, certainly. Um, but no, it was just, um, 
See, it's interesting because with the ending part, which we won't talk about it too much here because that's going to be a big part of our discussion probably, uh, even through the, the recap stuff. It, it Initially, I thought, oh, that was a little bit quick. But the thing is, when you're playing it in the game, uh, you can choose to do that however, at whatever pace you want. And mm-hmm. particularly with the actual hospital room scene, um, I think you can go straight in there and kill him, like even quicker than what Pedro did. This sort of felt right. like Pedro's, like if you watch different Let's Play people online and they have their own different, like, you know, um, what they kill this doctor with and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought they played that out incredibly well. Um, I can't wait to see what the sort of online reaction is going to be to what Joel does here. Uh, connecting to that, I'm very, very glad they didn't show Abby. I know there was some speculation and discussion as to like, okay, will they play out the ending and then have a post credit scene where Abby shows up? And as cool as, as much as I'm looking forward to seeing Abby, because I think she's a fantastic character, I know some people disagree with that, but I think she's a fantastic character. I think for the, um, sake of this episode, I think the end, the ending needs to let, leave you... F- questioning and um thinking about what joel has done instead of like you watching the process of what he's done and then like oh who's this new character that's popped up and it's like uh, i mean because apart from like i mean dc doesn't really do that anymore but apart from maybe like the mcu where we're used to that structure of end of film and then oh one or two post-credit scenes you're still thinking about the ending of the film and the one or two post credit scenes, it depends what exactly they are, because some of them have yeah. been a bit smaller, some of them have been a bit bigger. Um, and although when you when you come out of a cinema away from an MCU film, even though you are thinking, oh, that post credit scene, that means so and so is going to show up, and yeah, it's it's that. But we're used to that for, formula with that. Well, some people are. Some people still walk out of MCU films before the credits are finished. Uh, but um, it it wasn't. It's not to, to me that it's not supposed to kind of be like that, where it's sort of, oh, here's the end where Joel does this. Oh, who's this character? So I'm, I'm very glad that they stuck with that. And I thought they were going to anyway. Um, I didn't think they were going to change too yeah. many things uh, or, or whatever. Um, we'll get into the debate of like, well, it depends how much of a debate between us we have over what Joel did. I mean, I've done a whole podcast where I broke down what he's done. Obviously, here we've got like a slightly different version of it. So there's going to be some some talk there um because that will be the bulk of our discussion here um other than that i thought um the draft moment was really really incredible i thought the moment with anna was really really beautiful her literally giving birth to to um ellie which um i think is like i don't know if i've ever used this word before but like almost poetic because she uh, i mean as much as like other people wrote ellie's lines and content she brought that character to life because she did the motion capture work and she's playing a character that's giving birth to ellie and i think that's i think that's it's quite simple the idea of it but i think it's really really quite amazing uh what do you think of the giraffe thing and the um anna uh scene um yeah the, the the i i really like the the anna scene i thought that was that was really good in terms of the opening um uh i mean we'll get more into that i guess into in the when we do the the recap but um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm glad they managed to include um actually in there um and uh i think this was this was an interesting way of doing it because you know we had 
um, Troy last week, who was sort of in there playing a different character. You've got Ashley in this week. Um, and I mean, Ashley's stuff was smaller, but arguably a sort of slightly more, I don't want to say more important role, but you know, it more, more directly con- more impactful and directly connected to the character that she was actually playing because she's playing the mother of the character that she plays in the video game. So yeah, um, I, I'm I'm glad they managed to put that in, mm. and uh, it's an interesting little piece that they managed to add. So yeah, definitely. All right, we've got a lot to get into for the recap, including some uh, notes about Anna. I, I got something from Wikipedia. We can talk about that all in a minute. Let's take a break, do some housekeeping, and we'll be back in a second. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, over on Entertainment Talk recently, of course, remember we record this at different times, so there might be other content that's gone out between now and when this episode comes out, so that won't have happened yet. Uh, we, of course, have got the uh, the newest thing I've got listed here, which is Season 1, Episode 8. Of course, we've covered all um, nine episodes now so far, so there's 
all of that over on the United cast. Um, there was a couple of goals at uh, at, at the weekend. <laughs> it was one 0 at half time to Liverpool, and then they ended up getting six more um, because uh, of reasons. I mean, there there are reasons, but no excuses as to why that performance happened. I just like what um, Eric Ten Hag, who's the manager, in case some of you don't know, uh, is the the new manager this season. And I watched like a five minute press conference with him after the game. And he said, someone asked him like, hey, what are you going to do about the players? And he, he did like this very parent thing of said, I will talk to them. Like, I will speak to them. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's what I, that's what I sort of wanted him to say. So uh, he did not look happy. Nobody really did, unless you're a Liverpool fan. And uh, uh, we've got the next game today. So, you know, the game is done. It's over. We can't do anything about that game. Uh, but we've got Real Betis, which is in a different competition in the Europa League. So we have to bounce back. Um, people don't like that phrase, but it's what you have to do. We have to get um, kick on, keep going. We can still win two other trophies. Um, and we'll go from there. So that is that result. Uh, what did you think when you saw the that scoreline? Yeah, I, I was. I. I mean, you know, I don't massively follow football, but I did spot it and was like, well, that's going to make for an interesting podcast for Matt. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, uh, but that was that result. Um, over on the United cast, <clears throat> good things that did happen. Uh, we beat West Ham United by three goals. <clears throat> to one in the FA Cup. We're now in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. So another chance to win another trophy. We'll see how that goes. Um, we haven't got the quarterfinal for a couple of weeks because scheduling and stuff. Uh, over on uh, other podcasts, I did a special episode called Thank You PlayStation Access. Uh, just thanking them for the content they've put out recently. They've had me in absolute stitches laughing or crying from laughter, whatever you want to sort of way you want to put that. Sometimes both at the same time. Um, they're a really, really lovely YouTube channel, uh, very family friendly as well. So if you've got like, you know, kids and you want to check out their content and you have your kids with you often or I don't know, whatever the case would be, uh, they're very fam family friendly, which is the point uh, I'm trying to make. Um, so you got that. Uh, so just thanking the different members of PlayStation Access. They're, of course, a YouTube channel. If you search for PlayStation Access, you should be able to find them. Uh, I think they're streaming today because they stream on Mondays and Thursdays. So uh, just giving them a thank you for just their content. So that was nice to do. Uh, over on Analyzing Television, I did two episodes last week, I suppose this would be for. <clears throat> One was called Old TV Shows Representation and Diversity. There's been lots of comments from lots of people, not just online comments, but like showrunners and actors and directors and people like that. Over the last couple of years as to, you know, um, looking back at things like Only Force and Horses or Friends and shows like that um, and pointing out, you know, how those shows aren't as diverse as what we have now but that kind of makes sense because that was a different time period so I talked about all those things and what is that you, you can do about that today which is not a lot really so I uh, talked about all that kind of stuff over on Analyzing Television episode 21 I did a podcast called Dear Netflix Please Stop um, it's going through a breakdown of their most recent what I would call mistakes cancelling shows for silly reasons making random shows nobody's ever heard of um, and then particularly the reason that caused me to make the episode was the reason they gave out for not not continuing with Mindhunter and sort of breaking down all that. So, um, yeah, just go more, more of like a recap breakdown kind of thing of like recent decisions Netflix have made, uh, none of which have made anybody happy. So uh, going through those uh, over on the DC film reviews thing, I did a DC film reviews update. You can check that out if you want to. Over on the chat podcast this month for February 2023, 
I uh, talked about Sam Smith, pronouns, drag, and some uh, updates and things as to what podcast we're doing and you know th- things like that. So you can check that out as well if you want to. Um, also, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before, Man United did indeed win a trophy that game I mentioned, I think, two podcasts ago. The Big Cup final against Newcastle um, was somewhat of a close game, but we won 2-0. It was a relatively comfortable win in the end. But as our first, uh, first year, first trophy in six years, uh, congratulations to Eric Ten Hag for doing that in less than a year he's been here for. Um, so that was uh, that was brilliant. Um, and yeah, the Carabao Cup is a smaller trophy, but a trophy is a trophy and we should try and win them all. So uh, that was brilliant as well. Uh, that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into the recap. We open with a woman we later know to be called Anne, Ellie's mother. Uh, she's running away from a stalker and managed to get somewhat um, lock herself in a room. She's pregnant with Ellie. The stalker manages to get in the room and bite Anna. She kills the stalker but manages to give birth pretty much all in the in the same moment. Yes. Uh, later, Marlena finds her. They've known each other for a while, which makes sense for the, the, the kind of the story in Ellie's background as well. Marlena reluctantly shoots Anna after Anna gives her Ellie. So sort of like, hey, I'm bitten. I'm going to turn. You have to take her. I want you to kill me. Initially, she says no, which I was really disappointed by. But I think Marlena realised that she has to go back and and do this. Um, it's short, sweet, powerful, and to the point, which is kind of what this this show has been. You know, the show hasn't sort of wasted time. Um, it's got straight to the point with with certain things, and this was a really really great thing to to include. And it isn't just kind. Of, this isn't just sort of oh, we have Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson. Let's find a way to wedge them into the story. Um, and I mean, even if it was was just hey a passing cameo, that would have still been cool. But obviously, they did the thing with making Troy play James from the game. He was a better version of that character in in this show. But then you know, um, and as the, the mother of Ellie, which is a pretty big deal, uh, we never saw anything of of her in the game, even in the in the Left Behind episode, because the Left Behind episode was where I thought Anna was going to show up, because that would have made somewhat of sense but this was still really really good as well especially the transition they do here in a minute as well it's uh it's quite good um but no it's it's not the case of like oh we're going to wedge these actors into our story and just do whatever they've actually got like meaning behind them and stuff so um i thought this was this was brilliant i'm guessing what happened is she made so much let's say strain from fighting this walker off and doing all this stuff that obviously strain and pushing is how you give birth to a child um the that caused anna to push ellie out that that's what i'm guessing happened because she 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 strained a bunch yeah so um that that seemed to be the way because she was sort of sat there and then fighting this walker off and then suddenly there's a baby on the floor so yes yeah i'm I'm guessing that was what it was yeah so um it's a shame to see her go i mean you can't really have had Anna stick around in the story because then where would you have taken the character, I suppose? Um, yeah. Because she's not in... She's Anna's not in anything. She's not in Last of Us 1 or 2 or the DLC or, or anything. Um, they do have this multiplayer game coming out called Factions. I guess she could make it. That's like a division... It's going to be like a division-style uh, Last of Us game. And that that's where you can really... Kind of, you could do whatever you want in, in that, really. So... Um, I you could maybe put her in that, I suppose. I got a bit more of information here actually as well. Uh, Ashley Johnson is Anna, Ellie's mother. Um, a lone pregnant woman forced to give birth under frightening circumstances. 
that's an accurate description. Uh, Johnson previously portrayed Ellie in the video game. Struckman was unable to explore Anna's story in the games, but considered it personally important uh, to include in the series, so the television series. After the game's release, he wrote a short story about Anna. I actually had no idea that happened, so that's new information to me, which was later intended to be adapted into an animated short film or released as a downloadable content, but it fell apart. We don't know why, that's just what it says here. Mason and Druckmann, of course Craig Mason or Druckmann, uh, considered Johnson's inclusion important due to her relationship with the games. Um, it's a shame what they tried to do didn't work. I don't know the context of that. I didn't even know any of that was a thing until I read this a few days ago when I was putting these notes together. Um, I'm glad they got round to this in the end. They got round to finding a smart way to uh, to include this. Um, I suppose that one thing you could do is... Um, if you are going to make a part three, and it's not confirmed, I think it is going to happen though, but it's not like confirmed right now, there's been rumours and all sorts. You could do a flashback thing of sorts, and now that you've done this scene in this show and you've kind of incorporated the character a bit more, um, you could potentially find a way to slot that in somewhere, or if you do like a, like a DLC. Because the thing with The Last of Us is future, is, okay, yeah, you can make a part three. There are small gaps, some of them are in Last of Us 2, one of the big notable ones in Last of Us 1, which is like the 20 year time jump with Tommy and, and Joel, where like they, they did some things, but we don't know what exactly it is. There's a few different sort of pockets of areas where you can go and tell certain stories, like there's a few different sort of like time jumps or areas where you don't see characters in part 2, because part 2 is structured completely differently, it's not like a linear story. Um, so there are certain areas where you can slot in other stories it, it just depends with the game like okay if you're going to do stories in other sections who's going to be the playable character and obviously if you were to do the tommy and joel thing you'd probably play as joel because ellie wasn't there at the time anyway so mm-hmm. um yeah what do you think of what's uh did you know anything about this with uh with anna um only because i read the same thing that you did i because right. it's i think it, it's on the um it's been in some of the news reports but uh yeah i mean I, I'm I'm not sure exactly how you would have put this in as a as a DLC. I mean, you know, maybe you could have done something sort of extended, but um, an animated short, I could have seen them sort of working on. But I mean, I like the way that they did it with this, and yeah. and it was an easy. It was a it was a good way of including it, and it gives us you know it fits. It it gives us a bit of background about. Uh, how Ellie was born, who her mother was, where she sort of comes from, and how she got infected, and all that sort of stuff, and uh, you know how she got immune. Sorry, uh, you know, so it it's a it's quite a key part of Ellie's story. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think doing it as this little sort of opening thing, I think works really well. Something you could potentially do. If you, because again, if you're talking video game style, you've got to go with, um, okay, how is the character going to play in this kind of stuff? When we get Mm -hmm. into, because obviously we know Ellie survives this first season, this first game, because she survives this episode. Um, When we jump forward a bit in part two, she's a bit older. She's actually like Bella's actual, like 1920. She's that that actual age when we jump forward. I think it's like four years or something. Um, Right. I don't know how old Anna's, but obviously she's not older than 19 here. She's probably in her 
late 20s-ish. I'm a bad judge of age sometimes. So, because um, I think Ashley's in like a mid-30s or something like that. Um, I wonder if you could do like a little DLC where you go from where... Maybe there'll be a few little time jumps. Where you go from where Marlena and uh, Anna first met. And you play maybe as Anna. And she plays sort of the same way that the older Ellie plays. But just a little bit more older than that. Um, like this, the same like gameplay style that you, you could potentially do. So you could do like a left behind length sort of DLC possibly. And have Marlena as like the NPC. And you could you could maybe cover that backstory. That's That's one way I could think that you could... You could do it because they they do say to each other here that they've known each other their whole lives. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, there's still a lot of options for a uh, Naughty Dog going forward. Um, but really, really good way to start the episode. Um, we go from uh, like a nice transition. We see, I think it's like Ellie's baby face, and then we cut over to uh, back to Joel and Ellie suffering from the trauma of the previous episode. We know why that is. Ellie is disconnected from Joel as he tries to get her to go with him. Joel tries some small talk with Boggle because he's making the games connection, I suppose, there. Um, I have a, a story that I can relate to kind of with that. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Not in this context, but in uh, obviously our world context. Um, then by talking about um, teaching a guitar, she says maybe and they continue walking. Um, yeah, she's very much uh, disconnected in in this bit um shot for shot in terms of how this specific area looks i think it looks exactly the same as the game which i was very very impressed by i'm not sure about like the specific like angles or placement of all the cars but this basically is exactly what this area looks like um the interesting thing about this in the game though you'll control it because the camera focus here is on ellie right but joel's the one a bit more in the background because he's trying to sort of like talk to her and stuff, but the focus is on like Ellie's um, trauma and obviously the the emotion that Bella's displaying as, as Ellie and that sort of thing. Um, you're playing as Joel here, and you, the the shift is kind of different, and it's focused because you're, the camera that you've got is you know the third person behind Joel's shoulder, and Ellie's yeah. one off a bit in the distance. Um, she does, however, walk with you. She just sort of walks quite slowly, and then you sort of join up with her a little bit. And there's like some dialogue that happens, so uh, structured a little bit differently, but in a just a like a shift of focus. So, yeah, the the little story I was going to tell. I remember, um, I don't know how long ago this was, maybe five to ten years ago, something like that. And my auntie was looking for um, something to buy me for a birthday or Christmas or something, and my mum said he likes games. Uh, what my mum meant to say was video games. Yes. And um, my auntie brought me this, uh, I can't remember what board game it was, but she turned up with a board game. And then like my mum, I think, spoke to her after. She's like, I wasn't, that, that, that wasn't what I quite, what I meant. <laughs> so this, this is sort of similar to that, like the, the slightly older person not quite getting the sort of, oh, this is a game, right? This, this is what you like. Because obviously we've seen with Ellie before, like, hey, the arcade machines and talking about games and stuff. And Joel sees a, a game. I mean, it's a thing to distract Ellie. That's that's kind of the point here. Or to try to distract Ellie. But he's like, oh, have you played this this Boggle and stuff? Um, which that, that part isn't included in the, in the game. But um, I thought it, it was interesting because, like, up until sort of now, Ellie's been the really talkative one. Joel's been the closed off one. And she's tried to get more out of him, right? Like with the puns book and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And that switched here where it's sort of Ellie's the one a bit more you know, like disconnected and in distress and that. Joel is like still 
him, but he's aware of the kind of the state that Ellie's in, and he's the one trying to pull her out of what's what's sort of going on. So I thought that was a uh, really interesting. Um, and yeah, the guitar thing you'll you'll see. I'm not going to get into any spoilers, but you'll see a lot more of that in uh, in part two. That's more of a focus in in that game. Uh, what do you think of this this scene here? Yeah, it's it's interesting that you know we are very much at the point where i mean if you think when we started the show it's like she's cargo and mm. he's Indeed, quite gruff he with her and yeah that is what he says and, and he's quite gruff with her and and you've seen that relationship develop which is important by the time you get to the end of the episode you know, you've seen that relationship turn from you know very much a father-daughter relationship to, into a very much a father-daughter relationship by this point and yeah, the, the, you know, as you say, it's it's flipped here where Ellie's the one that's kind of quiet and Joel's doing everything he can to try and bring her out, understanding that she has suffered and she, you know, he he's trying to sort of pull her back to where she was. Um, so yeah, and and I think it's an important little scene that that helps set up what joel does towards the end of the episode as well you know because he you can tell that he's seeing her as more than just cargo by a long shot at this point you know he, mm. he's seeing her very much as as a sort of substitute almost a substitute daughter you know he he is he's become that father figure for her. so um yeah i mean it's it's a really interesting scene it's really well played by both of them yeah definitely um, as they continue walking, Joel asks what direction she thinks she should take, or they should take. Uh, she mentions going to the roof, they say all this other stuff, but it's to, to the roof. Joel jokes and says about blowing up a blockage with dynamite. Ellie still isn't quite there and misses the joke. They get into a building, and Joel spots a ladder. He's able to boost Ellie up to the ledge. Very video gaming, <laughs> this, this uh, mechanic. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they, they did it at least. I don't remember them doing it before this, but uh, I'm glad they did that at least once. Yeah. You, you do that a lot in Naughty Dog games. Yeah. Um, not, not with Crash, because he jumps over walls and whatnot, but uh, with Uncharted and with uh, Last of Us, this is a regular thing. Um, yeah. Be interesting to see if they need to do that for the PS5, because that's probably like a loading thing as well. So... Um, a bit like in uh, in God of War, where some people say like, "Hey, you're shimmying a lot through the building." Yes, yeah, because the game is is loading what you're doing. So, um, yeah, boosts Ellie up to the ledge. Uh, but as she goes um, to lower the ladder to him, uh, she spots something and runs off. Joel is able to catch up to her, and they see some giraffes. A beautiful moment plays out, and somewhat bringing Ellie back. You know, p- pulling her back, kind of. Um, yeah, this is one of the ones where I'm I'm watching the scene. I'm like, in a second, this is going to happen. And in a second, this is going to happen. A bit like in the um, uh, episode four or five, uh, whichever one was the, when they got the brick dropped on the on the uh, uh, car they're in. And I was like, in right, a minute, yeah, yeah. the brick's going to drop. Because I was like, in a minute, she's going to drop the ladder and then she's going to run off. And um, it, it's, it's cool to just sort of see that that play out. It's, uh, again, just, just bringing, bringing the game to life, literally. So... Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, but yes, this uh, is boosting mechanic. When you're um, playing any most sections of Naughty Dog games where you have you and an NPC, because you have it like with with Nathan Drake in in the Uncharted games, you'll need to get up a ledge which is just a bit too high. You'll press triangle and uh, the classic sort of give me a boost thing. Um, I wonder if they'll need to do that in the PS5 
generation like if loading is is better and whatnot but this is sort of one of the things where okay joel and like especially nathan drake obviously they can climb they're just conveniently is areas where it's a little bit too high and the game needs to load the next part so you've got to uh you've got to do that i mean it plays out a lot in um part two as well so uh i i haven't mentioned this up until now but i don't think it's actually happened in the show yet of course they don't have any loading issues because it's a <laughs> a TV show that was shot on camera, so um, I thought that was uh, that was cool to see. Um, yeah, this basically played out the exact same as it as it does in the game. She drops the ladder and um, says she she spots something. She gets like you know taken out the moment and just sort of runs off to it, which scares Joel right because he's thinking like he doesn't yeah. know what she's actually seen. Um, but you kind of presume it isn't something like scared, like you know, an infected or a group of guys with guns or something, because she wouldn't run off like that. But you still don't know what it is. Um, I like the well, not like it's interesting that the little moment as well, because um, when you're on that um, bridge bit, like the the previous scene, and you're just kind of walking forward, um, that's kind of the same way the game plays out. Um, but when you get to here, and again you're controlling Joel, you pick up the ladder with triangle, you set it, and all that kind of stuff. And no, sorry, you don't do that. The ladder's up the top still. But you do the classic, give me a boost. You press triangle to initiate it. The camera like stays on Joel for a minute because he's got his hands put out for, for the boost. And there's like a pause of a moment, and the camera cuts back over to Ellie, who's like sitting somewhere because she does kind of the same thing here, where she's looking at this map or whatever it is. And it's it's again another moment where she she's still in that disconnected kind of mood, and Joel has to go, go over to her. But it was different from the game because it was interesting for, from the game's point of view because no matter where you are, uh, other than this scene, no matter where you are in sort of the Uncharted games or Last of Us games, even if the even if you've like sprinted ahead of where your NPC character is. Um, every time you press triangle, no matter what they're doing, they will automatically like be brought over. And it was the the different moment in the game where it's like, no, Ellie isn't just going to automatically come over this time because of what's happened and she's disconnected. So uh, the scene actually, or, or the, the mechanic kind of cancels itself out and you go over to speak to her. So um, uh, it's interesting, to, again, like the, the, with the TV mechanics to see that sort of play out here. So... Um, but yeah, that was... Uh, any thoughts on the, the ladder mechanic sort of stuff here? No, I mean, I, I'm sort of with you. I'm, I'm glad they included this uh, in there at least once as a sort of nod to the game. Uh, one of the things we talked about throughout doing this has been the uh, use of um, pallets to get any across water, which we haven't seen and we don't see in this entire first season because uh, we thought that might show up once, but that mechanic hasn't shown up. Yeah. So it's nice that they've the boost mechanic. I'm going to mention that up. in a later scene as when we when yeah. we get to something else. So. Um, but yeah, just giraffe moment. Um, it's again, it's kind of we mentioned this a lot in episode seven because I think it happens more in episode seven than maybe some of the others. It's a bleak world for these characters. People die. People die in different circumstances, whatever. But now and again, every in terms of the game, every like couple of hours or so, you'll get these moments of humanity, these moments of happiness, and this was something very different for them to pull out of the bag. Um, and yeah, she sees this giraffe, and because uh, I was going through supporting this episode, and I was like, they they have to do the giraffe surely, and 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 they did manage to do it, which is a massive, massive moment for the game. But it's not just because it serves kind of two purposes. It um pulls Ellie out of kind of, I mean, she's still obviously you know 
traumatized and things like that but it pulls her out of that disconnect it brings her towards doing something um rather than kind of being like off on the side and disconnected but it also serves as another moment of happiness in 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 this story and well i suppose it serves a third function which is another little bit of bonding moment between joel mm-hmm. and ellie um and it doesn't matter like which animal it was and that kind of stuff um but it was just uh it was a really really nice moment which plays out yeah basically the same way it does in the game so um what do you think of the draft moment here i i think it's lovely that this got included it it serves the purpose of of kind of pulling ellie back into you know a bit more of her old self mm. um because it it is almost magical because even today you know it's i mean it's not something that ellie would have ever seen but even today you don't ever really get a chance to get that close to a giraffe anyway because even if you go to a zoo it's behind you know bars of you know whatever so you it's it's a really quite a sort of magical little thing that pulls ellie bit more back into herself and um it, it serves its purpose really well and you do need these kind of lighter things in there i think mm. totally and yeah, you know the out. yeah I, and when they first get into that building that lovely little sort of exchange about <laughs> you know joel making jokes about the fact that you know we're going to blow the corridor with dynamite and ellie kind of misses it and it's you know she's like really i'm like no yeah. <laughs> um I, I thought that was lovely as well, but yeah, the giraffe moment I I really really like. I thought I think it it serves exactly the purposes it's supposed to, and just lights things very very slightly and pulls Ellie back. Um, and mm. yeah, they did a great job with it. It's good that you have this kind of <clears throat> very human moment as well before we get to the ending, um, because yeah. you know you start off this episode kind of bleak, um, you kind of keep that going, then you get the giraffe moment. And then obviously you get this conversation in a minute. Um, but then from like when they get knocked out to the end of the episode, it's very just, it gets into that grey area section. So um, I think this is a good, and this is kind of like in the, what, the middle of the episode, <clears throat> you'd say. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, it was important to include that. And for the original games story as well. So they have a conversation about if they should actually go to the Fireflies and uh, just go back to Tommy. Sorry, if they're to do one or the other, basically. Uh, she says um, what they, about what they've both done, and it can't be for nothing, and there's no in-between. They continue forward, but Joel looks uncertain. Um, yeah, this is an interesting scene leading up to Joel's ultimate decision, because I think I think he's made the decision here that... Um, I mean, they both don't know what's going to happen when they get to the Fireflies, right? Like, the, the audience at the time, like, if you're, if you're fresh here, you, you don't know either. Yeah. Because um, all that you know is, okay, you're playing as Joel, you're escorting this young girl to the Fireflies to investigate her, but you're never told, sort of, oh, this is going to happen to her. So neither you at the time or the two characters actually know. Um, but, yeah, I think this does lead quite well into... Um, yeah, his his choice at the end, but I I mean I think Ellie's right here though as well. It's like okay, we've just been through so much, especially what she's just been through, which I assume was like the day before maybe, because it's sort of like the next morning now, um, mm-hmm. or a few days ago when it went very very recently. Um, and she's talking about like what we've all been through and what we what we've done, which she's right about. 
and basically says, kind of says, you know, it, it, it to a lesser way, like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen, but we should at least try. Whereas Joel is kind of like, hmm, I'm, I, I kind of would just, I'm not really bothered about this Fireflies thing. I want to just kind of go away with, with with you sort of thing. Like, as, yeah. a, as a daughter, we go back to Tommy's and we, we live happily. And I think he's looking at kind of maybe, or thinking about, um the life that Tommy's built for himself. And okay, they'll, they'll still have trouble and things like that, but just just go back to Jackson, just sort of settle there rather than face this sort of uncertainty. So um, what do you think of this? Uh, well, I'll say little scene is quite an important one. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it sets up the ending quite well. That, And again, it, it comes round to Joel... <sighs> You know, that that father daughter relationship that the two of them have developed over the course of you know this journey. And you can tell Joel is nervous about what will happen when they actually get there. Um, mm. But I also see absolutely see Ellie's point of like, after everything we've been through to get here, I think we should at least go and find out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I completely get that. Uh, but yes, it's an interesting little scene that does sort of show potentially the two slightly differing views on it and, um, sets up what Joel does at the end. Yeah. So, uh, as they continue on, Joel explains what he tried to do after Sarah died, thus explaining the gunshot wound. Uh, after this conversation, they continue walking forward and, uh, to lighten the mood, Ellie pulls out the pun book. Uh, they're all great, silly, stupid jokes, uh, but it's brief as they're attacked. Both of them get knocked out and captured. Um, yeah, you do, you do this bit in the game where you're sort of walking through this this same area. Um, what is it? It's actually a mechanic where... Um, did they show it in the show? I can't remember. There's like a, there's like a photo of, of a young... Sarah, she's got like this, I think it's like a football trophy or something that she won ages ago. And there's like a photo that keeps getting passed around. Um, and I think when you go to visit Tommy at the hydroelectric dam place and he's sort of trying to palm Ellie off to Tommy, he, uh, I think Joel leaves the photo behind and Tommy says, oh, I went back to hours like after years of whatever. And says, oh, I found this. He then gives the photo of... Uh, Sarah to, to Joel and of course Joel's like doesn't doesn't want it and he's like nah you you keep this and and whatever. Um, Joel doesn't take the photo and I think I can't remember how but Ellie ends up with it and then there's a mechanic to where um, like you're having a conversation you get sort of stopped and Ellie's like oh I'm I'm sorry I shouldn't have like picked this up or whatever and then you press triangle or whatever it is and uh, Joel actually does take the photo at that point. I think he pressed back and he puts it in his in his infantry. Which is a bit, it was like a slightly different way to tell this story, but it was still effective. The thing they mm-hmm. didn't include in the, I don't remember it coming up in the game, um, is this gunshot wound story um, that they, they included here. I don't remember them talking about that, because they, they in, in the game they talk about <clears throat> um, kind of like the type of QZ area that this would have been, because this, this is like an abandoned one. And uh, Joel tries to like slowly open up to to Ellie a bit more and and that kind of stuff. Um, I think the pun book comes out and you press triangle a bunch of times and and do that. Um, but then it, it's more the the photo exchange. So it, it's like a slight difference here. 
um, but it still works quite well. But then you get the addition of this gunshot wound thing, which I'm not sure was like a specific choice for Pedro's Joel, because I don't remember that ever coming up in the games. But um, again, it's one of them bits where it kind of, uh, as I explained with sort of, okay, how you make would make an episode, you've got a plain piece of paper that's the original section of that game, and then you sort of like keep the important parts, cut out certain like gameplay parts, and then you're attaching extras to it and this is like a small part well not a small part it's a massive thing that's happened to joel uh of those extras so i, I thought that was an interesting one to include because whether it is in the game and i didn't remember but i i don't and i've played it three times i don't remember this uh gunshot wound thing coming up so um yeah it, it was quite interesting it added a little bit more here as well um i want to talk about separately this this way that they get knocked out and stuff i want to talk about that separately um but what do you think of the uh, uh conversation about sarah yeah, um, I, the 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 sort of gunshot thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether it was in the original game or not, but it m- does make perfect sense for the character. You know that he would have been at that point of despair and like, you know, the world's overrun with these monsters. Uh, my daughter's been killed. What? What? Why am I continuing to live? You know. Uh, so, I mean, I, I entirely can see that fits the character at that point that he would have tried to take his own life. And um, yeah, he, that, that sort of makes sense. And again, and adds into what Joel does at the end in terms of, mm. uh, and the conversation about Sarah also sort of reinforces that, you know, he's essentially lost one daughter. He's not bad to lose another. And mm-hmm you know, that's pretty much what all of this is reinforcing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But it's... See, I looked at this episode and looked at this, like, section of the story. And as much as you have some very big things of things we've recapped already, like the giraffe scene and the the ladder and all the other bits and pieces, they are all a build-up to what happens at the end. I mean, usually Mm -hmm. build-up scenes in lesser things are just kind of casual scenes, and none of these are really casual scenes. They're all, like, have major beats and, you know, emotional parts and things like that. But it is all, like, a further um, development of of the relationship to build up to the the choice at the end. So that's that's kind of interesting when you you think about it that way, I suppose. Um, Okay, so this is the one point that I I initially had, like, not a problem with, but I sort of thought... See, the thing is with with this show, because it's made by such talented people and it's on a great network, and, I mean, whether you want to talk about, you know, Warner Brothers itself as opposed to HBO, um, obviously one of of them puts out incredible content, the other one is uh, making some choices, let's call them that, in terms of Warner Brothers itself. Um, Usually if I'm watching, like, I don't know, your average show, and a show does something I disagree with, and I think, oh, that's kind of silly, there's no reason for that, and you kind of... Because you don't trust a show as much. Whereas when things like creative decisions that have been different to what I expect or whatever have happened, I thought to myself, like, no, this is Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, this is Last of Us and HBO, um, and there's like a lot of talent behind this. When creative choices that get made differently happen, there must that there isn't just no reason for these things happening. Um, I mean you hear sometimes like background information on like, oh, this 
certain scenes were just put in here to just wedge it in to like push the story forward and there wasn't much thought put into things whereas i watch this and i see these like different choices and think oh there must have been a reason for this whether it's a simple production reason or a choice or creative choice or whatever um i because i because i trust the show and the people that are on it so what i'm talking about here is um so they get knocked out and captured and you not skip over but you skip to the scene afterwards where Joel wakes up in the hospital so when I talked last episode and said about the um when uh, Joel embraces Ellie after the David let's call it an attack after the David attack and I said that's their first of two solidifying bonding moments they have a lot of bonding moments throughout this this season obviously it's that slow burn kind of thing of like oh bit of a pun joke or explaining their backstory whatever um the second moment didn't happen in this episode mm-hmm. and it didn't really get substituted for something else in sort of the same way where last week i talked about the the big zombie set piece with the bloater and stuff but that was more video gamey than what the show's been doing because the show is trying to be a much more like real version of this um so ba- i should explain for those that haven't played the game so you go like underground at a certain point um it's i think it yeah it's after you walk through the you know the qz area they just walk through it's, it's after you walk through that you do the photo exchange thing whatever and you go underground you fight a few more infected and, and that sort of thing um you do a bit more let's say you know on the um pallet stuff and because you're, you're taking ellie through this like watery area and she still can't swim you then get to a point where i can't remember how it happens but like they're they're on this like flooded bus or something that gets tipped over i don't remember how it gets tipped over but essentially they both end up deep in the water um you do a couple of mechanics where you push away out of the bus and you, you're trying to like grab ellie because she can't swim and you don't want her to die um you then find you see like this surface you swim over to ellie sort of pick her up and then you both reach the surface and then um joel puts her because she's like knocked out you know whatever um you then put her on the not you this is like a, a cut scene part joel puts her on the ground does like starts doing like basically cpr because she's like out of it um she doesn't die obviously she still survives in in the same way but um joel's then like pumping her chest and obviously to try and get the water out to try and save her and he's saying and he's saying come on baby girl you gotta you know you, you gotta make it and that sort of thing and it's sort of a similarly shot scene to where sarah was shot and obviously he wasn't pumping so it's a different like whole yeah. position if you want to call it that but when he's holding sarah at the start of the game and saying come on baby girl you got you got to make it and all this kind of stuff and um, I remember Neil specifically said on, on, on the part one commentary, which they included in the in the remake, because I switched that on and did a whole playthrough with that. It's basically Ashley, Troy, and, and Neil. Um, I think they were all there on, on different cutscenes, um, and they talk about like, the process and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and I think Neil specifically said, this is Joel being taken back to when Sarah was dying, hence the whole like embracing or he- trying to help his daughter figure and saying come on baby girl so they it feels to me like they didn't find a way to include it here which would have been a, a important scene to include and it wasn't substituted for something else i sort of look across the series and okay you had the scene in episode two where ellie's like oh like the shallow water i can't swim and that was the 
character explanation as to, oh, Ellie as a character has problems swimming. And that was the explanation of that. The show seemed to want to completely avoid water at, like, every single turn. And I don't... It, the, there's two reasons I can think of it, and the reason I'm, like, connecting that to this is because, okay, you have a massive water set piece in the game which leads to that, but maybe they couldn't find a different way, because the effect is like, okay, Joel thinks she's drowned and he's trying to save her, right? Um, it was either a case that um, there was maybe some production issues, they couldn't do certain water set pieces, or the fact that, okay, if you did do a lot of the water set pieces and it was palette after palette after palette, which is a very video gamey thing... It might have looked silly for the show, um, because you do have yeah. to do more of that leading up to this, because you do a few palette, it's called movements or whatever, and then the water like takes over or whatever, and then and then this scene happens. But because um, we we did wonder, and a few other people wondered, like, okay, will will the show have like an Easter eggy sort of scene where it's like, oh, we have to get you on a pallet? The same way with the, with the ladder thing earlier, but the ladder thing that would happen in normal world situations like people passing ladders to get up to areas whereas this whole like yeah, hey yeah. stand on the pallet again and even throughout the game ellie's like oh another pallet kind of thing when you when you when you do it yeah. so i would put it down to those two reasons it's just it is a big moment that they missed ultimately when you get to the final scene in the in the end i wouldn't say it doesn't matter but you still get to the same end point um but it's either a case where like because water's probably quite a tricky thing to work with i would i would imagine um, it's either a case yes. where they couldn't do that or it was like, hey, we really don't want to do this Ellie palette thing because in the grounded real version of the show, it doesn't fit well, which I, if that was the reason I would, I would agree with that because the show didn't do that the whole way through. They had a quick scene in episode two where it's like, oh, like shallow water, I can't swim. And that set that up. Um, cause all that basically happens is there's a flash grenade, they get knocked out and then they, uh, Joel wakes up later. Um, what do you think of maybe what sort of happened here possibly i i think it it made sense i don't think you're actually missing anything by excluding that scene because i think they've established that relationship between joel and ellie at that point to you know you you were already seeing how closely that you know how close joel and ellie have become and how they are already forming or have sort of already formed that uh, father-daughter relationship. And doing that mirroring back to the Sarah thing, um, it's a little heavy-handed, actually. And I, I think, well, she can get away with it maybe in the video game. I think on the, on the TV, it becomes a bit cliche and a bit... And yeah, just a bit heavy handed. So I and I, I don't think it's actually necessary here. So I I actually don't mind that they shot that out um, because I think they'd already done the work up to that point. Um, regarding the, the water stuff. Um, I, yes, it's very expensive to do that mm, because very if difficult. you're putting people in water. It, yeah, because if you're putting people in water, um, it's it's difficult to do in outside environments. In which case, you you know to do it safely, so you end up having to do it in controlled 
um, studios and then you've got to do it in water tanks and that means filling water tanks and that's really really expensive because they're not like they don't just have water tanks sitting around in studios they have mm-hmm. to fill them before they like um paramount for example if, if they use a water tank in paramount they actually flood one of the car parks so <laughs> um that, that there are very expensive to do and set up when mm. you're messing around with water so unless it's a it's a you know absolutely essential scene i can absolutely see why they don't do that particularly um so um yeah i mean i I don't think it loses anything i don't think you're missing anything by taking it out and in actual fact i think it, it would on screen feel a bit cliche of hmm. uh, uh, you know uh, uh, and come across that way in the story at this point and i don't think you need it so i actually don't mind that they chopped it out here i think it actually is okay to do that i wonder if you could have done it in a way where the characters don't have to get into the water but there's an implication that i don't know it's it's very difficult to do, isn't it? Because I, I was even looking at this was like months ago before Avatar two came out, which I've still not seen because it's three hours long, um, or it's longer than that actually. I don't even know. Um, but uh, I I remember like six months ago or so, like a few months before Avatar two came out, and I saw all these like studio water set things, and it looked wild. And obviously, the budget for that film is like crazy. It's 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 yeah. ridiculous. Um. And, you know, a big part of Avatar is obviously the water and the world and things. Um, so maybe they just couldn't quite sort of pull it off. But I, I just wonder if you could have done some, like, if you can, if you could smartly edit in a way where you don't actually have to get into the water, but there's an implication of sort of, we've travelled through this area which has water and we've come out of it and Ellie is in, in trouble, possibly. Um, that still would have involved including water in some way, shape, or form on the show, which again the show seemed to want to completely avoid. Um, but yeah, so. But uh, mm. I I I I felt like it was instead of them just being like, oh no, we'll just skip that, which is not included. That wasn't the way that I looked at it. I sort of thought, okay, was there a, like a mechanical reason or like a production reason? So. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think there probably was. I think yeah. I think there was. I, I think there was probably a production reason where they looked at it and went, well, you know, they had one scene which had water in, which was the hotel, um, mm. which, you know, only came up to the waist. But you've still got to flood something you, you, when they're filming yeah, that. They yeah. still had to find a, you know, flood a studio to do that. Um, so that in itself, just by the nature of, of having water in the sets, would probably be more, much more expensive to do. Having done that one scene early on, doing it again it adds a lot of extra expense and i don't think it's necessary Mm. and i think it would have stretched this this out longer than it would have needed to be as well whereas Mm. and and ultimately what you end up with is him pulling him out pulling her out of the water trying to save her and it mirroring what he did with sarah which whilst i get i think potentially could come across as a little cliche and a little on the nose and 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 just they've done the work already to establish that you know they i think and i think they had the confidence that they'd done enough work to establish that father-daughter relationship between the two of them by this point Mm. that they just didn't need it so no i mean i i'm i'm okay with them chopping that out and i think it, it it zips it through 
a reasonable pace by just knocking them out with the flashback. I think that works perfectly well. Yeah. The only other thing you could have done is some sort of crazy, uh, like, green screen CG stuff, but then that would have cost loads of money. So. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... <clears throat> All right, here's the big scene. Um, I've got a lot to read here, so I'll just I'll just go through it and then we'll just talk about it. Uh, Joel wakes up in the hospital with Marlena next to him. She tries to explain uh, to Joel that Ellie is being prepped for surgery, which both confuses and enrages Joel. Uh, Marlena explains that there is no one else. The surgery will kill her due to cutting part of her brain, uh, and it's what Ellie would have wanted. Interesting. Uh, Joel is almost escorted out of the building, however, taking matters into his own hands, decides to kill every single soldier he comes across, even the few that surrender, all to get to Ellie. He gets into the room and sees Ellie on the bed. The doctor tries to talk him down, but Joel kills him anyway. Uh, He doesn't kill the other two surgeons, however. He picks Ellie up and prepares to leave, however, he bumps into Marlena. Uh, She tries to talk Joel down and tries to tell Joel uh, that what he's doing is wrong. Again, he shoots her anyway. Packs Ellie into the car and prepares to leave. Uh, Marlene is crawling along the floor still. Um, tries to talk him down, but Joel goes back over to her and says, "You'll just come after us anyway," and finishes her off. Um, to me, people can have their own interpretations, and this is fine. The scene that happens in that hospital room is the scene for me that defines this entire uh, series franchise, whatever you want, way you want to put it. And you will get more. Mm-hmm of it in part two because here it's kind of oh yeah he just kills the doctor um takes her and goes but there's a lot more uh sort of to it than that and it, it does get expanded upon in the uh in the second game um in ways that i don't think anybody was really expecting but when it sort of happened it was it was really cool so um yeah we've uh we talked a little bit off air off because i i spoke about like on last week's episode about like hey just like really try and think about Joel's a character and why he's going to do what he's going to do almost to sort of like prepare the audience because uh I I know what the internet's like so um yeah um and then you you said because I tried to like vaguely talk about what it was and then we discussed it off the air um so we've never had like a full conversation about it before um there's bits to this afterwards obviously in the car and then um the conversation they have on the on the cliffside um, I thought about this a lot because I've talked about it a bunch of times and it's, you know, I've played the second game a bunch of times and it's come up in there as well because, again, it's a, it's a game-defining scene. And there's a good few of those you can point to, right? Like when Joel first meets Ellie, Death of Sarah, maybe some other stuff. Um, this scene is the one that I would I would point to. I mean, when you look at sort of... um. Because what I mean by the the scene that sort of defines the series, I'm talking about like the sort of the story. When you talk about kind of okay, when Sarah dies, that's a character defining moment for Joel. Not, I mean, it's a big thing in the story, but that's more of a character moment for Joel, and changes him forever, which ultimately leads him to sort of doing this. Um, yeah, I've kind of bro- broken down before, sort of, I, I guess the pros and cons of doing this, or what Joel does, and the the other option that he could have done. After thinking about it again for a couple of days between watching the episode and doing this, um, I, again, in, in a very grey area sense, I don't think there's a flat out wrong or right answer to all the different areas of this. And this is a very kind of like grey area complicated thing. And in terms of like all the grey area stuff we've seen in anything, I think this is the most like interesting one. 
Um, because you've got, you know, characters killing different characters for different reasons. Is it wrong? Is it right? Or people betraying people and that sort of stuff. I ultimately think Joel did the right thing. But you could debate and argue against that. You could say, oh, but this and that and whatever else. And I don't think either of us would be right or wrong, which makes this so interesting. Because even with yeah. me saying that Joel is right, there are cons to that. But then if I say Joel is wrong, there are cons to that as well. Um, one of the big kind of things that sticks out and something that was very interesting that actually tied back to the first scene in this episode is specifically where Marlena says this is what she would have wanted. And mm-hmm. you tie that back to the start. I can't remember exactly what Anna says, but Anna, I think she says like, oh, I, Ellie's got to go with you. It's what she would have wanted. And I think that's where you're supposed to make the Marlena connection. Yeah. The th- problem, with, well, not the problem, the gray area thing about that. Okay, Ellie might have said that, but one of the really, really big things that sticks out, and this is one of the things I hear least discussed in this, Okay, Marlena's got a choice, the Doctor's got a choice, Joel's got a choice, right? Ellie doesn't. <clears throat> Ellie doesn't get a choice here. Um, she's knocked out and stuck onto a hospital bed and not given the choices to... Okay, she makes the choice to continue to go to the Firefly. She, in, in fact, encourages Joel to keep going. But neither of them know what they're going to do and Ellie doesn't get to make the choice because she's knocked out. And you'll see more of that play out in part two. Um, so that's what, that's what sort of sticks out so much, because you could make this scene completely different, if, if this was a case where, like, um, let's say Ellie had a scene where she wasn't knocked out, and Marlena said, we are going to specifically do this to you, yes or no, and she says yes, but Joel still does this, then the, the whole thing changes, right? Yes. Um, the, on the other side of this, if Joel says like, okay, you can do what you're gonna do. Maybe he like does. Maybe he waits for. Well, wouldn't wait for her because she'd, she'd be dead. Um, walks off or wherever he goes to Tommy's or whatever, right? And they do this. Okay, yeah, you've got the the cure for mankind. That comes with a whole bunch of other problems as well because not only have you then kind of I know this is a, kind of a dark thing to say. You've then killed a 14 year old young girl without her consent at all because she didn't get to make a choice, so she's gone, and she didn't know anything about it, because she was knocked out. But then, okay, in this dire world, how are you distributing that cure? And if that fails, you've really messed up. Um, from Joel's perspective, which I think is the most interesting here, and I, I described it this way on the part one podcast where I broke down like the scenes of the game. When I look at this from Joel's perspective, these people on the way, whether it's, you can include Marlena in this possibly as well, although she's a character with a name with a story who has ties to Ellie's mother. All these other red shirts, all these other people, they are barriers. Well, this isn't like, this isn't saying me, me saying this is the correct way to look at it. This is just how I look at it. <clears throat> these people are barriers to him and his daughter. And that that's it that's the full like in to me and joel when i look at like what's possibly in joel's mind that is it that is the full stop whether it's okay get the cure or whatever or you know okay she she might have um or she has got the cure nope this this i'm not losing another daughter figure these people are barriers in the way between me and my daughter and none of you mean anything to me don't even know any of your names or any of like your story or anything and to him, yes, he has to kill Marlena. Because I think he's right about that, though. I think, like, okay, if, if he lets her live here, whether or not she bleeds out on the floor or whatever, 
if she survives this, she will come after Joel. I think he's absolutely right about that, and that will create yeah. a, another problem. Um, so that's that's kind of how I look at it. An interesting little, not, not really change per se, but when Joel gets into that room and he sees Ellie and he's like, okay, that's my daughter, you, you, and you, don't mean anything to me. He doesn't kill the other two doctors, which is kind of interesting. But then the main surgeon is the one that picks up the scalpel and comes after him. The other two, like, completely stand by the side and, like, put their... Yeah, you know, faces against the wall, and whatever. Um, there's two lines he gives in the game. He only got the chance to deliver one of them because Joel shot him, which is, uh, "I won't let you take her." And then the next thing he says is, "Think of all the lives we'll save." Which, again, saying that to Joel in this, like, no matter, it, it does not matter what this surgeon says to to Joel. You are in the way of my daughter. You are going to kill her. And I'm not going to let you do that. Whether it's cure or not, or whatever, that's to, to Joe, I think that's irrelevant. And he sees his daughter there, he's like, I've made it, I've hit, I'm here, I've already killed loads of people that I don't even know. Because they mean nothing to me. And this girl means everything to him. She's not cargo anymore. Um, and just shoots him. But I found it interesting, um, before he says, think of all the lives we can save, which again, won't change Joel's mind. He shoots him. But I think in the game, because like, you can be in that room for, I think, like, a, a, as long as you want. Because the only way, the, the only two ways to get through that room in the game is you kill the Doctor anyway. Or I think if you, I think if you go up to him, he does kill you or Joel kills. I can't remember. Um, but those are the sort of two ways to finish that. But I think if you get in the room anyway and shoot him before he says, think of all the lives we'll, we can save. I don't think he says that. Um, which, because you could kind of funnily look at this as like, this is Pedro's playthrough of this, of, of this part. Well, yeah. Which, which is like, okay, I'm going to, my, my choice of weapon, because you can kill him with anything. You can throw a grenade, you can flamethrower him, you can, you can do whatever. You've got a lot of weapons at that point. Um, he shoots him before he gets a chance to deliver that line. But then that was, let's say that was this Joel's choice. There's a lot of playthroughs of this game and stuff. People have killed him in different ways and whatever. Let's call it, that is Pedro's playthrough if you want if we want to call it that yeah. so um anyway lots to break down there david what do you make of uh this very complicated scene there is a very interesting thing with this because as you say had they had a conversation with ellie beforehand and you know said look you're going to die because you're you know this you can you can possibly save the human race not guarantee but possibly save the human race because, but we've got to cut your brain open and you will die, you know, for us to potentially get a cure. So there's no guarantees from it. Um, and like you say, if Joel had then gone on this rampage and rescued her, the, that would have been a massive shift in the dynamic afterwards between Joel and Ellie, because if Ellie had agreed to it and Joel then takes that choice away from her, that's almost as bad as what Marlene is doing because it's about consent. Um, and it's really interesting that we're getting that the, the episode before this had another point where Ellie um, is attacked and has consent taken away from her. So, you know, you've, you're, you, You've got that episode, which she's, you know, you see how badly she is affected at the end of that episode and at the start of this one. And then there is another point here 
where Ellie isn't given the choice. She she has no consent in this. And for Marlene to say it's what she would have wanted, well, you don't know that because you haven't asked her. You know, she has not consented to any of this. And I'm not entirely convinced that she would do. I mean, if they could say absolutely 100% guarantee this will cure everybody, there is a possibility that Ellie may have said yes. Um, But they can't. You know, they don't know that this is a cure. They think that it might be, but they don't know. And to to offer yourself up to be killed on a possibility of a might be. And also, like you say, how do you then distribute this cure once you have it? You know, there's there's a lot of elements to that. So I'm very much with the type of character Ellie is, whilst ultimately she might have agreed to it until she knows that okay this is definitely going to work you have this network set up so you can actually distribute it so the moment you've got it you can set it up you can synthesize it you can get it out there maybe if they could prove in that situation she might have consented but i i i i don't i don't buy that she would have said yes so um but the whole point with Joel in this is he's just seen the trauma that she's just been through. Um, and then you get to this point, and again, she has choices taken away. And he's like, hell no. You know, that's that's the big difference, is, is she's not been given an option of what to do here. And so Jolie is that to me, Jolie's absolutely right to do what he did. Because you know, you are you are killing a 14-year-old girl who, yes, potentially could save the entire human race, but she was not given the choice. She was not told, you know, if she had all the information, then yes, you could argue if she then agreed to it, fine. Um but then Marlene tries to sort of say to Joel, I, I think the reason that you're angry about this is because you think she might agree. And it's like, well, yeah, but I think the reason you're scared about what Joel might do is because you think she might not. So, and again, it comes back to, she, you have not had this conversation with Ellie and you're prepared to kill her without talking to her about it. And you might be doing it absolutely humanely, as they said, you know, I mean, they put her under, they were just going to sort of, you know, and then they were going to take her brain apart and, you know, whatever from that. So, yeah, I, I'm with Joel on this in terms of what he ends up doing. And yes, he could have gone through this without necessarily killing him. The doctor, although the doctor did sort of come after at him with a knife and said, I won't let you take her and, and was, you know, so didn't really give him a huge amount of choice. I mean, you could have kind of knocked him out because, I mean, you know, it's Joel versus the fairly weak doctor, I would have thought, you know, so maybe you could have just like knocked him out and tied him up. But um, and when it came to Marlene, I think absolutely he was right. You know, Marlene would have and the Fireflies would have just come after him 
So, uh, you know, I, that I get as well. Mm. Um, I'm glad also in this, let's call it this version, whatever, because um, you can kill the other two doctors if you want to. There's no point to doing that, but you can. I'm glad that uh, that uh, Pedro's Joel um, did leave those two alone because I've, I've seen playthroughs where... Um, those two doctors did get killed, and it feels kind of like, oh, you could let them live, like because they they do sort of step aside. Um, so it, it's interesting that with with everybody there, is that you, you feel bad if you if you kill those two doctors, but those are the ones that like sort of surrender. Um, the only difference there, of course, there is a couple of I think there's like two soldiers that specifically put their guns down. The problem with that is once Joel walks past that soldier, they're probably going to pick their gun back up and try and shoot Joel. So yeah, yeah. So there's there's kind of the difference there. Um, but no, it's a, I think, phenomenal scene. Um, I think nothing was changed for, 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 for the worse or, or anything. Um, I, I thought it, it played out really, really well. So it was, uh, it was brilliant. And this will play a quite a big part in, um, in part two, as you can probably imagine. I imagine Ellie's got some questions, um, which we're going to get onto some of those, uh, um, now, uh, cut to Joel and Ellie in the car. She wakes up. Joel lies to Ellie and explains that they just ran some tests um, and they are others like her. Um, he also adds that she doesn't have her clothes because the place got attacked and they had to go. Um, he doesn't answer the question about Marlena, but I think Ellie has, has, has worked that one out. Um, this is the part where, okay, I, you could kind of see why in this moment, okay, Joel sort of needs to lie to her a bit because... Um, this is sort of, I'm going to give you a, well, not explanation. I'm going to lie to you for now and maybe explain this to you later. But for now, we ju- we just have to go. Um, for now, we just have to, we just have to get to, uh, to Jackson. So, um, but yeah, it's, he does like, I mean, more than once here. Cause he says like, oh, there, there's others like you. <clears throat> and one of the questions Joel said to Marlena was like, oh, there must be others like her. Marlene is like, there's, there's not, even though I don't know how they could know that because there could just be some yeah. person out there in, in, in the middle of nowhere that's also immune that we don't know about. But anyway, um, but given the fact that Marlene specifically says, no, she's the only one and Joel lies about that and then says, oh no, we can like get the, um, cure from this. And Joel just said, oh, no, it just almost as if to say to Ellie, like, oh, no, it just did some some blood tests, some swabs that that's sort of how he tries yeah. to explain it to her. But he has to do that again for himself. Um, so, yeah, but uh, it, it, this is for in, interestingly for Ellie <clears throat> in this scene and the next one, you can very much see that. OK, this is my like father figures tried to explain, but you can tell she just doesn't quite she doesn't think he's maybe flat out lying. She just can't quite tell what's maybe true and what's not. And you can see that on her expression, especially as well when um, they included the same little part here because she kind of rolls over towards him to look to- towards him. Then he explains some things and then she just rolls straight back over. That's where you can kind of tell like. I mean, she's processing a lot, right? And there's still drugs wearing off, and her mind's probably in what 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 state it, it it's in. But um, they included that bit as well. But uh, yeah, you can also kind of see, you know, the, the guilt on Joel's face, um, mm-hmm. of like, because he's probably questioning. Okay, I did I did that for me, <clears throat> but I mean, there's probably a million things running through his mind and through her mind. It's it's a very complicated situation 
here. But um, he does lie to her. And again, you could argue for better or for worse, I, I, I think. But um, cause again, I don't know if there's a wrong or right answer. But that's what I think makes this so interesting. Is even if you'd say, no, Matt, he was lying and it was bad. Or no, Matt, he was lying and it was all, all good. I don't know that either of us are really right or wrong about that. Which is where the mm -hmm. interesting grey area part comes into it. So... Um, to him, he saved her. That's the important part. She's not dead. He's he's got her back, you know. And to him, the people that might have come after her, such as Marlena and the everybody else, they're gone. But he's not in this mindset of like, I killed everyone. No one's gonna come after us. She's safe. It's all good. He knows that it, it it's not. So um, yeah, it's again fantastic stuff. Uh, what do you think of this car scene? Yeah, this is is where it gets far more ambiguous for me because whilst I, I think Joel is is right to stop the process and get Ellie out of there he then also takes his, takes a choice away from her here by lying to her and saying in, and I get why he does it um, because she's very drugged up she's just come around um, trying to explain the entire situation to her at this point is going to be again to process that when she's kind of you know still coming down off the drugs is going to be problematic and she's not going to necessarily be thinking particularly clearly about mm. what she wants to do at that point but equally if he says we'll talk about it later she's not going to accept that either so he chooses to lie to her but it's it's really uncomfortable um, because, you know, he, by telling her this line, unless he comes clean later on, he is taking a cho the choice away from her as well by saying, oh, you don't need to basically saying, oh, well, they don't need you anymore. You don't need to go back. Um, you know, there are other people like you. They just did some blood tests. They've got what they needed. Um, you know, if they get a cure, they get a cure. If they don't, they don't, you know, and sort of almost kind of blowing it off to a certain extent of, of sort of saying, you know, we did what we needed to do. Now we're going back. You're fine. That takes the choice away from Ellie of actually, you know, you are the only one that they found that has is immune. And I, I agree with you. There could be other immune people out there, but they just haven't found them. Mm. But you are the only one that they know of that's immune. And, um, you Joel has now taken that choice of her helping um to potentially create a cure. He's now taken that choice away from her as well, mm. which is not good. Yeah. So that's where it becomes problematic. Um because I and I I mean I get the motivations in both cases. You know, Marlene does it because she doesn't know whether Ellie will agree or not. Um, but ultimately with Marlene, once she does that thing, when she kills Ellie, that's it. There is, you know, she, Ellie's gone. There's nowhere else to go. At least with this, if Joel does come clean, there is potentially an option for Ellie to then go back and say, okay, I, you know, I will sacrifice myself to help you. Um, I mean, obviously, you can't go back to Marlene now, but, you know, there are other fireflies out there. There are other doctors out there. There is potentially something that could come from that. Mm. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah, that that conversation I think is is problematic for Joel. Um, it's I, and that's the really sort of ambiguous thing because he's lying to her and you know maybe not quite as bad as what Marlene did, but it's still not great either. Um, and I get why he did it, but he kind of needs to have a conversation with her at some point to to say, well, look, you know, I, I didn't tell you at the time, but, you know, as far as I'm aware, that you are the only one and the only way that they were going to have to kill you to get the brain tissue. And, you know, so, um, so she has the information and can make an informed decision about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Uh, he's he's kind of damned either way. Whatever he does, he either he either lies to her, or um, she blows up at him potentially for for taking her away. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, that that I think is a, is a far trickier scene. That scene in the car than than what he actually does with the fireflies themselves. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, our last scene. Joel and Ellie walk towards Jackson, but Ellie stops him. Uh, she explains what happened to Riley. Joel explains that he had trouble with surviving, and if you keep finding something to fight for, um, she asks um, if everything he said about the fireflies is true. He says yes. She pauses for a bit, and she simply says okay. And that's it. That's the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the time... There's been different reports over the years, but um, when we got the announcement of part two, I think it was three years. I think the announcement was in 2016, the first announcement. The game came out in 2013, and then part two came out in uh, 2020, although it got some delays because of COVID and whatnot. Um, There's been a few discussions before about uh, towards Neil and said, like, okay, did you have this intended as the actual end or could you continue because i remember when part two was announced and there's a few um bits of discussion about like oh do, do you actually need it or like where, where where can you go and that sort of thing um i wouldn't even really call this an ambiguous ending because well i, I get again it, it could be looked at that i suppose but um I, th- I suppose it's the way ellie says okay here and it's kind of mm-hmm. i guess up to your interpretation of you can tell she doesn't quite like buy everything that he's saying but what does she buy and her response just being okay but she pauses for that moment and stuff there's there's a lot in there um but yeah i i, I like this scene a lot i think it's uh not really karma ending but it's it's um yeah it, there's a bit more sort of like proper discussion here and stuff um but uh no it's it it's a great ending again it plays out the the, the only interesting difference here the camera in the game was at a different angle it's on the the other side of them here and then because when when you're uh panning the camera back to ellie it's on the other side of, of her face so that's the only thing i noticed <laughs> but uh I, I think pretty much beat for beat this is basically what they yeah. say to each other so um yeah that's the 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 ending of the first game um so where you're kind of left with this is okay they're both heading back to jackson which was sort of what joel wanted to do in the first place because um, when you rewind back to that draft scene, um, he didn't really quite want to go to the Fireflies. Um, didn't know what was going to happen, but he didn't quite want to go there. So he got the thing that he thinks should have should have happened. And I mean, that's that's the only place ultimately for them to go anyway. 
um which is back to tommy's and stuff so <clears throat> um yeah it's it, it's a great scene i mean in terms of uh yeah obviously she doesn't quite buy everything that, that joel says but again i think that's left up to sort of um how do you think she takes it sort of thing um what what do you think is kind of because it's this isn't just sort of oh you'll get all the emotions explained through dialogue you have to think about like okay what about the expressions and the pause that she takes and um what's going through her mind and and that kind of stuff so it's a bit more a bit more layered than what it what it otherwise could be uh what do you think of the final scene here yeah i kind of agree with you i it, it's um it's interesting because I don't think she she entirely necessarily believes him, but he's sort of choosing to believe him. Mm. Um, you know, she's I, I I think part of her doesn't, but she's like, okay, yeah, I think that was is sort of okay. Well, I'm I'm choosing to believe that you're telling me the truth. Um, I'm not entirely convinced, but I, I okay, being, I, I think so. Now I'm choosing to believe that you're not lying to me about it. So. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of interesting. That that whole final sequence, actually, from sort of the hospital through to the end, is is really interesting in the way that it's shot because Joel escaping from that hospital, he, he's done in in some very interesting little sort of almost not fade to black cuts, but sort of some you know he as he as he's running through sections of the hospital, there's sort of fades in and out, and he, uh, and it is. A relatively quick scene whereas if this had been the walking dead that would have been a massive set piece with lots and <laughs> lots of soldiers and them fighting their way through and you know that would have been a huge big crash bang ending that they would have gone through and then you would have had you might still have had the end two scenes as well in some way but but that would have been your big sort of you know them blowing everything up and you know whereas this is what i mean about how this show has been structured um they've had opportunities to do huge set pieces in certain points and, and opted to go a slightly different way and it's it's not caused issues with the show either you know it's still the show's been brilliantly written scripted throughout and um you know there have been one or two big set pieces but they've done you know they've been very sparing uh, the infected have been using very used very sparingly and um they've just done a wonderful job in how they've crafted this uh, yeah. and, and it shows you i mean you know like with this final episode you don't need to have huge kind of crash bang like blow things up set pieces to end the series uh, you know that they, they did a really nice job and and the way this ends is you know i think you're right it is basically shot for shot for the video game pretty much um and i like the way that it, it ends on this slightly sort of open to your own interpretation note you know mm, definitely yeah um that's it the next episode we've got is is for season two which will of course dig into um the last of us part two the, the second game unless they do some other like bits in between but I, I don't imagine that they're maybe going to do that unless it's through flashbacks and, and whatnot. Um, what we should do we have three emails um, because we are recording this earlier and of course we don't have any feedback yet for uh, the finale because the public has not seen it yet 
Um, we said, I think we arranged last week that we were going to do this anyway. Next week, um, maybe the week after, but next week or soon. Um, let's put a pin in it maybe for next week. Uh, once the finale has gone out um, and you've all had a chance to watch it and, well, process it first as well uh, and then write in. Um, we'll just do like a sort of, not not um, season wrap-up because we don't really do those, but sort of like um, cap off the season with kind of... Uh, some feedback after the finale and then anything else you want to talk about so what i'm going to do um because we are running like slightly long here um i can simply save these three emails that we got for that we'll just put those into that episode and then we can answer it all in sort of one one big chunk uh so whether so yeah, yeah. for next next week um if we do decide to do it next week um if you've got any questions about any of the episodes or part two obviously i won't give out any spoilers um or anything to do with the show it'll be a bit more of like a open field type of thing now that we we would have all seen the nine episodes um we will do that so um if you want the chance to write in for the last let's say podcast of season one uh matthew entertainment talk.org twitter e talk uk there's a contact page information in your show notes email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes as well so have a think about the episode or anything you want to write in about whether it's questions for part two or any characters or I guess there will be some questions about the uh, big scene with Joel. That will probably be the one that's talked about the most. Um, any questions about Abby or anything that you want to write in about. Um, next week we'll do a kind of uh, yeah feedback um, concluding thing for, for, for the first season. And then of course when the show comes back we'll uh, dig into it again then. So we'll do that for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main eye podcast. Check out uh, what we're doing over there um, on those different places. You can also support us by telling other people about what we're doing, where they can find it, either by just telling them or using social media. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast, review options. Have a look out for that as well if you'd like to. Uh, TV and film news over on Geek Town, uh, Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk. Uh, David, that is yours. What is going on over there? Uh, we've just put up <clears throat> episode 373, which uh, you were on. So uh, you yep. came back with that and uh, you talked a bit about Hello Tomorrow, which is the new Apple series. We did talk a little bit about The Last of Us, uh, Mandalorian, of course, which returned this week, the uh, the, uh, the great Disney Plus show. Uh, also discussed Hogwarts Legacy as well, which you have started playing and I caved to this week as well. Oh, you've got so it. So I have now got that. Yes, I <laughs> pick that up uh, after you know after we were talking about it on there and it is great i have been played through that um talked a bit about the outer banks which has just returned for its third season and uh, been through that we did a bit of a discussion about what's next for star trek now that discovery is going uh talked about some of the renewals and cancellations like the resident and la brea damian lewis returning to billions there's lots and lots of other stuff on there as well so uh, that's geek town radio episode 373 so you can find that on uh, geektown.co.uk and wherever else you get your podcasts there's also lots of uh, air dates and stuff coming up um for the various different shows across the UK channel. So you can find those and you can also track those using our Never Miss system on geektown.co.uk as well. Excellent. So go and check that out. Geektown Radio on Tuesdays, geektown.co.uk. Uh, for other people, you can find Bex over on Twitch, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, and on other platforms as well for her retro chat game and other streams. Uh, me, occasionally on Twitch at eTalkUK, and if you miss any of those or the game clips or anything else, uh, YouTube Entertainment Talk plays. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for the uh, feedback podcast. Let's call it that. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Goodbye. Bye.